Good morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Craig. Hello. And Susie. Hello. And we have some email and feedback this week. Yay. 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 <laughs> um, some guy called S. Galbraith. Um, sounds like someone with a bit of autism. Uh, to be, <laughs> I'm joking. It's Stephen. We all know Stephen. So Stephen says, in episode 53, you discussed how autistic people can feel damaged or broken by the way others speak of them, especially in the context of vaccines cause autism. A similar situation arises with Down's syndrome. Down syndrome? No, it is Down's. Down's. Is it? Yep. Oh, and I need to check that now. Type, 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 Google, Google, Google. Down syndrome, without an S. Really? Yeah. Really? Go and Google. Tabby, 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 Google, Google, Google. Google. <laughs> you know I'm leaving this bit in now. Hmm. A similar situation arises with Down's syndrome, by which he means Down syndrome. <laughs> you pedant. <laughs> Thank you. Most Western countries do screening of fetuses and it is acceptable... Synonyms! Down's syndrome. There you go. Fine. Same way that um, irregardless is a real word because it's in the dictionary now. I could care less about that. (laughs) Get on with it. Shut up. Uh, Most Western countries do screening of fetuses and it is acceptable to abort a fetus that, with high probability, has Down's. Again, there is a movement to not treat people with Down syndrome as being broken or damaged. For example, see the website, ndss.org. The mission of the National Down Syndrome Society is to be the national advocate for the value, acceptance and inclusion of people with Down syndrome. Now let's consider if there was a fetal test for autism. Would parents be more likely to abort? Would society be poorer if they did? And one final remark, there is no doubt that parenting a child who is severely autistic is more work than parenting a neurotypical child. I guess ditto for Downs or deaf or blind or many other things. So the question, how should parents act when given evidence about the possible future of their fetus, brings us back to the crux of the pro-life, pro-choice issue. What is more important, the unborn child or the parent? God, he loves to write, doesn't he? <laughs> um, so, I don't know. There seems to be a question there. Um, what is more important, the unborn child or the parent? And from the point of view of, I guess he's asking, should you should you be allowed or should you abort a child that has Down syndrome or um, autism? <sighs> he doesn't <laughs> ask easy questions, does he? I think that's a personal choice. I think we talked about um, genetic engineering as well in one of our pub talks. And, you know, should you be able to choose your children's eye colour or hair colour? And that's on the same spectrum as Mm. should you be able to select, for example, let's put it a a slightly different way, should you be able to select a zygote that is less likely to have something like autism or down syndrome different places on the same spectrum obviously those two things i suspect the other question which is actually in here is 
would the world be better off? Or would society be poorer if people were testing for autism and aborting? Because, as I think we probably discussed last time, there are many autistic people who are people quite with autism, valuable. Wasn't it? Oh, I forget which one it was. No, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't with it? autism. It was autistic. Yeah. Oh damn! Ah, I can't remember. I can't remember. Can you? <laughs> um, anyway, there well, are they people. are autistic. They don't have autism. They yeah, they are autistic. autistic. That's what I thought it was. Yes. Um, it's not something they have. It's yeah, something, something they, they are. are. So there are many people who, no doubt, are valuable to have around because of the particular skills and attributes that autism gives them. Perhaps. Possibly. Like, for example, mathematicians who write really long, wordy emails <laughs> with difficult questions. But they're different. They're difficult societal questions. They're not, they're not, we're not supposed to answer them. I think they're oh, rhetorical questions. Oh, oh really? Thank okay. Christ for that. Okay. <laughs> it should, I mean, should be a choice thing. Sure. But okay, should it, should it be a choice for a parent to choose whether their child is male or female? Oh, oh I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tired for this. I'm not. I feel great. <laughs> it's too late in the day for me because it's, it's not actually morning. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, no, you've given the game away. <laughs> I did read an interesting article recently about uh, autism and people's misperceptions of the fact that it's a, a spectrum disorder. Oh, that was a great yes. one with the um, and yeah, that had a rainbow, yeah, rainbow yeah. and yeah, so it was more a circle with lots of different things, and the then you could be a to personality yeah, and talents and stuff. So instead of it being an actual spectrum, it's more of a well, instead of being a well, linear thing, it's not yeah, linear. Yeah, yeah, yeah people yeah. think of a spectrum as being you are slightly yeah. autistic or you are very, very autistic, autistic, and in fact, that's not the case. That um, so you might have some of this and some of that, and that makes up yeah. your version yes. of autism. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it is quite good. All right. Mm. Well, if anyone finds a link, send it to me, and I'll stick it in the notes, and we'll call that the answer. <laughs> but I, I guess the thing is that technology is a moving target, and as technology improves, we will have the opportunity to make these diagnoses earlier in pregnancies and that diagnoses is that is that right diagnoses of yeah, course so you're talking about more than one diagnosis <laughs> yeah but is it a diagnosis so now you're treating well, it like a disease again these diagnoses yes you're treating it though you're treating it like it's a disease oh. again you diagnose a disease or a disorder well okay <coughs> you're identifying these determinations the determinations the potential um Potentiality for Potentiality autism. for atypical neuro... <laughs> Neuroatypicality. Yes, yes. neuroatypicality of, of the baby. And, and I guess as technology changes, then what is able to be done hmm. um, is usually different from what should be done. Sure. Um, or can be different. Yes. And I guess the difference is that in the past, where you were unable to determine that you were going to have a child with Down syndrome in advance, then mm. once the child was born, you obviously had to make the best of of the, the situation, situation, not labelling it as from, good or bad. From um, if you were able to determine that in advance, sure. Um, and I don't think anyone's denying that um, Down syndrome people should be treated. What's, what does he say here? Something about well. It, 
obviously diversity makes the world a better place, but you obviously had to balance that against the uh, wishes of the parents yes. and the additional support that they will need and big costs and so forth. Yeah. That is non neurotypical. Sure. Um, what I was saying here is the uh, the NDSS is the national advocate for the value, acceptance, and inclusion, and obviously no one's suggesting that um, that they shouldn't be included or no. valued or accepted and so forth. No. So, but um, do they advocate for uh, not not a, not aborting the, or not preventing? Yeah, um, birth of downstream yeah. affected people. Yep. Suddenly, a magical link just popped up. Oh, that's the link you were talking about before, is it? That's to the spectrum. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, well, I'll have a look at that later. We'll move on to the next thing. Yeah, no, it was very good. Okay, so. Anyway, did we did we come up with an answer for that? I think we came up with an answer to that. Right. We're going to defer it to this link <laughs> where it redefines the spectrum and something. Okay, notice board. Ben Goldacre is coming to Auckland. He is. Ooh. Um, an evening with Gold Ben Goldacre at the Mercury Theatre, Saturday the 24th of September. And um, it is a Think Inc. event brought okay. to you by Loop, whoever Loop are. Okay. So this is the same. Um, so they have a few. They're, they're bringing um, the um, Apple guy, Wozniak. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are they bringing? Jeez, it's not cheap. Oh, cool. Cool, isn't it? Steve Wozniak in August. Okay. Yeah, no, it is not cheap. The How cheapest much? you can buy tickets. Well, if you're a student, fifty nine dollars, but otherwise eighty nine dollars. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. So, are we? Are you friends with Ben Goldacre? <laughs> no. Oh, you guys are both from well, the UK, why not? aren't you? <laughs> um, do we know anyone? I mean, most scientists from are. the UK. Surely you know each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We know people who know Ben Goldacre, so we must be able to get an interview <laughs> with Ben Goldacre while he's okay. here. Right. Of course, what am I ever... Yeah. Yeah, I don't <sighs> know what else is planned for him. I mean, at the very least, we can um, ping him a couple of emails and see what he says as well. Mm. Um, maybe what? have a so expensive. skeptics at the pub, although that'll take away from yeah, their ticket sales. Unlikely. Um, especially if they're bringing him over. Mm. Oh, well, that's happening. It's happening in September, you said. Uh, what did I say? Pretty sure you 24th said September. 24th of September. 24th of September. So keep an eye out for that. And bear in mind that we might not be able to get an interview, so if you can go, you should probably go. <laughs> Don't rely on us. <coughs> I think that just should be our motto. Always actually. a bad idea. How many just people be our have motto. we managed to interview this year? Nobody? Nobody. We haven't interviewed anyone for ages. Right. I have a few leads, but I just never get around to following them up. Well, you okay. should sort that. that. Doesn't have to be me. I'm just saying. I've said that before. So news. Hmm. Loads of news items here. Everyone's come well prepared. <laughs> and <coughs> I'm predicting this podcast is going to end quite early. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is uh, not much to it. Google Science or Google Journal. I forget what it's actually called. Science Journal. It's just called Science Journal. What? Science Journal. Google it's app. It. It's a Google app. Turns your phone into a research lab. So you can set up a project on your phone right? and then use your sensors on your phone to record data. Okay, so it's data. a journal in the sense of it's keeping, it's kind of logging data. Logging the data. It's not a science journal. Not an actual science journal, no. a place where papers are published. No, right. it's a research lab. 
So basically you choose the, the volume sensor or the temperature sensor or the XY sensors on your phone and it can give you a neat little graph of what it's doing and then you oh, save so that not... as an experiment and then you do it again the next time so you're on the not, bus or whatever. Um, it's not gathering data for someone else's experiment and then sending it's them It's doing your own little experiments. Okay. Yeah. So you can say how, how jiggly was the bus ride or how loud are the neighbours when they play their stupid goddamn musical fucking night. Um, and you can keep track of it as graphs and as numbers. and So you do sort of have a project and the project can have experiments because I've downloaded it and had a bit of a fiddle with it. And then each experiment you can have a series of recordings of data. I don't know what you call them, you sciencey people. Um, data. Yeah, series of, of datas. And... <laughs> Um, so and how you, loud are your neighbours? Oh, they, have, they haven't had any loud parties recently, so it's not so bad. Right. Um, they don't tend to in winter, so that's quite good. Hmm. But yeah, no, it looks quite cool. And there's stuff there. Um, app uses the sensors in your phone to measure and record data in real time, including movement, light, and sound. So presumably, this only works on um, Android. Android? Uh, I don't know if there's one for. Um, for iOS yet, um, and this well, is something I had forgotten. Android anyway, swap. Who would have anything but Android? Exactly. Anyway? Yeah, I mean it's only for people with real phones. Um, it can you actually connect it to Arduino devices for more mm. detailed measurements as well? So you can actually have other sensors um, powered by an Arduino. Craig, you want to tell us what an Arduino is? Well, it's a it's a very popular hobbyist single board computer. It uh, is very easy to program and interface to, so you could uh, build a little application and collect data via something else like temperature or humidity yep. or something, and then connect that via USB to your phone, I suppose, or Bluetooth yep. or wireless. I imagine it'd probably like be Bluetooth, and then hmm. yeah, it's just you can add, add add additional sensors in using yes. one of those little boards, and that's what it is. Um, Google has partnered with Exploratorium to sell lab kits to go along with Science Journal. There's craft materials or extra sensors to help supplement your data or measure variables your phone isn't capable of. Hmm. And you can build your own if you'd rather. Uh, it's available on the Play Store. Sorry, Apple, no word on an iOS equivalent yet. I just thought that was cool and um, cool. fun. I'm sure you could think of something better to do with it than I could. but um, Alas, I don't have a... Oh, don't you have a real phone? I don't have a real phone. Oh. Oh, well. Wow. Sorry. Why are we friends again? <laughs> um, okay, and the next news item. Oh, look, Do it's you me again. Ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> By always, you mean every time I come over. Yeah. Because I'm sure she doesn't think of me when I'm not here. <laughs> Block it from your mind. Um, the next news item is, oh, look, it's me again. Um, this, oh, aren't this, you the good this one? Wow, this is a you guys have to do some work here, guys. Come on. <laughs> You're going to talk about Kevin, Kevin Falter. I am going to talk about Kevin Falter because he is being subjected to another Freedom of Information request from the food boob, Vanny Harry. Food boob. <laughs> boob as I in... I haven't heard that reference to him before. That's awesome. As in, as in a, a silly person, not as a... As a part of the phenom anatomy, anatomy, <laughs> <sighs> and I'm the one that's awake. 
Um, so, yeah, another Freedom of Information. Um, this time she uh, is going... Uh, it's, according to Kevin Folter, there's just a personal, malicious, expensive attack um, because he corrected her when she visited the campus and lied to the students. So she did a talk or something. This was a while ago, though, I think. Yeah. Um, the most recent request includes names of friends like Kevin, Vance, Yvette, and Joe. Um some of whom he's never actually had any emails with. Kevin, Carvin. Have you actually explained what she's asked for? Um, this is what she's asked for. This is it. Emails. She wants emails. She wants emails from him. From him. From he. So his university. Yeah. So he works. First, back up. Say who he is. Yeah. Okay. Actually, a scientist who is essentially a shell research into GMO. Yeah. And studies strawberries. Yes. Uh, and so he works for the university, and so under the Freedom of Information university of Florida, Act, um, then because the university is paid for by the taxpayer, then you can request information. Because he, And so basically she's at requesting for copies of all of his emails going back many years that happen to mention these particular friends' names. Or herself, or herself. I think. There's also yes. emails about her. Um, she wants personal emails, personal conversation with friends, um, a whole bunch of stuff. It's none of her business, and that's the law. So he has to has to do it. Um, and this is the sort of thing that okay, sure, fine. The system needs to be there. People have the right to request any information they like from a government organization or a government funded organization. Um, basically, all she's doing her personal motivations are strictly speaking but it seems like it's just um she just wants to waste money in people's time and attack um somebody because he disagrees with her mm. uh, as far as we can tell yeah so have you seen the response to it uh oh so there was the cat picture one yeah. Uh, yeah, which so he's the, asked very nicely please stop sending stop. him yeah. cat pictures because so he had so something like sixty thousand cat pictures or something yeah so the basis for this is that for every one of the for every email i think she could be charged 15 cents oh, so a that. blogger set up an automated form that um would if that you could basically kind of click on it and it would send an email to kevin with her name in the subject title and with then a cat Monsanto and a picture of a cat. Nice. And after about six or 7,000, he asked people to stop. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he might have got it was, um It was a vet's idea, I think, originally, or she publicised that. Okay. A, um, but also... A particular um, vet? Yvette. Yvette. D'Entremont. The cyber. I know. I was making a joke. Oh, God. We're going to get you a little sign or something, Craig, <laughs> so you can... Um, anyway... <laughs> The other thing that so the other reason the, the, the cat picture thing had to stop was because some people were actually emailing vast swaths of text as well, and that was a bad thing because the lawyers had to go through the text and uh, look at it. They, they were very they clear that it just had to, to look be at the clear. Some people yeah. thought, Oh, this is a great idea, I'm going to send War and Peace, um, because that's so many pages and it's so much stuff. Uh, but because the lawyer has to go through and read anything that's written, um. Like, that was Stop. making it very, very difficult. They would have automated tools for this. I have to have a lawyer. I don't know. Right. That's uh, just sort of what I've gleaned from the blogs and the Facebook posts. Um, yeah, so we're sharing the story as per request on Kevin Falter's blog. Um, 
Quote, she is a horrible, wretched, self-absorbed woman. I always gave her the benefit of the doubt. However, she's wasted enough of my time and university resources, caused me massive anxiety and hassle. Please share the story. Hmm. So there'll be a link to that. Um, you've probably already seen it. Um, but yeah, spread that around. And do not retaliate or harass Vani Hari, because we're not. We're better than that. So, yes, that was my second article. Well done, you. Basically carrying you guys. It's just... Now you know how we feel. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, so, we've got a pub talk heading, but I don't think we actually decided on anything to put into the pub talk. Did we? Oh, we're talking to talk about the gorilla. Do we care about the gorilla? Of course we care. I mean, we care about the gorilla, but is it old news by now? No? Well, just getting blanked well, to get it. this out? No. Well, a couple of days, same as usual. What do you want to talk about the gorilla then? Well, I don't know. The gorilla, the kid fell in the in the gorilla cage and everyone's blaming the mother for not looking after the child and the gorilla got shot and everyone's was got it their... Was the right thing to do? And was it the right thing to do? And everyone's got a little opinion and should the gorilla have been tranquilized instead and all that sort of stuff. I mean, What's your pe- opinion? My opinion? I don't have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, as far as I can tell, um, you can't just tranquilise it because it takes minutes for the tranquilizer to set in. The gorilla is very, very dangerous, so you can't just leave it in there with the child. Actually, on a sidebar, one of the things I read recently, because I haven't seen any of the videos or anything, um, but one of the commenters said something about how the crowd was screaming and yelling and making a lot of noise. And I'm sort of, why Why would you do that? Well, because, because the child, people, yeah, people are people panicking. People would be. They would be panicking. There's no but way why would that you scream crowd is and yell to, to hush up. Really? No. Oh, no. Totally. Not. Have you ever been, well, no, you probably haven't. <laughs> no. If you, it, it totally amazes me. Like, you go to something like a, a school function yeah. as a parent. And you cannot get people to shut up. Right. They will just keep talking, even even when the meeting has started. Yeah. And everybody knows they should be being quiet, but no, people keep talking. It just seems odd to me that people's reaction to a child falling into a gorilla pit would be to start screaming and yelling. Is that not obvious that that's going to make the situation worse? No, not really. No. I don't understand the reaction. Maybe people think that they could distract the gorilla. No, by screaming and yelling at it. It's a kind. Of, it's a sort of interesting point, actually. So, I'm with you. I, I, I. It just seems natural to me that people would panic and start yelling and screaming. Hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right that that you counterproductive, think, isn't it? Well, in well, hindsight, in hindsight, yes. yeah. But the people are in the moment. Oh, yeah. Is they? it that they're thinking of distracting it, or just that they aren't thinking at all? They're probably not thinking at all. No, probably not. And. Or maybe wanting to, um, you know, alert the authorities by yeah. being hysterical. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Do we actually so have video of the whole thing? There are clips floating around. A couple of them show slightly different things. The one where the gorilla's sort of trying to pick the child up and being quite gentle. Another one where the gorilla's sort of dragging it hmm. across the ground. Which, again, I haven't actually watched the videos, but I've, I've seen the descriptions. Hmm. Um so I think the consensus is, well, the consensus of the sensible people, that it was probably the best thing to do to shoot the gorilla, mm-hmm. because if you just left him with the child, he could have panicked and 
freaked out and throwing them around. And you know, one of the um, a guerrilla expert wrote an article about the situation. I think she said that one of the th- it might it might not have been her. Um, someone said that one of the things gorillas like to do is bang things to make noise, right. sticks and and rocks and stuff. You know, when they when they're startled. Um, not that necessarily that it would have done that with the with a child. Yeah. With a child, um, it seemed to be that the the gorilla was trying to protect the child, mm. um, but it also um, seems likely that the gorilla was getting pr- protective, possessive, right. of the child as well, and so it would have had a very hard time getting the child back. Um, but the other thing that's going around is the this gorilla huge... should have just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, He's probably thinking that now. Yeah, but he, but he wish he hadn't. Wait, what? <laughs> um, the other thing that's going around, particularly on Facebook, is this sort of shrill, why wasn't the mother watching the child, how dare she, it's all her fault, sort of sentiment. Mm. Which, even as someone who's not a parent and loathes the idea of being a parent, it seems stupid to me because... We do too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that sigh of relief over there. Um it seems pretty obvious to me that one thing about having children is that they turn your back for a second and they go running off. And you Depends can't on the keep... child. Yeah, but, obviously um... some children more so than others. But um, but it seems to me, from what I know, and I don't know everything... The... <laughs> Sorry. I know, I know it's hard to well, believe. Well, there's a revelation. I know it's hard to believe. In this particular case, I don't know everything. But see, the clear blame would seem to be with the zoo. Because, in my opinion, as a health and safety person and a... Are you a health and safety person? I'm a health and safety person at, at rep at work. I'd never have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my thing. That's, anyway. Um, just, from a, just from a sensible anything point of view, is it should be as close as practicable to impossible for a small child to get into a gorilla enclosure. Well, any any of the animal enclosures, there should have been perspex and fences, and there was a gap. There was a gap in the fence. Yeah, but they are there, aren't they? I mean, this is a move by zoos to to get rid of fences to to make 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 animals different kinds of enclosures accessible and. Well, so easily, more easily viewable and more sort of natural in the habitat and so on. Sure, but and at the the zoo probably only has a certain amount of money. Yeah, well, maybe so they... it doesn't have unlimited resources to to build fences for some unlikely situation. It's not like you say that four year olds are going into enclosures every day. Well, they shouldn't be this able was to. Obviously, a rare situation. Well, like I said, I don't know what the fence looked like. I don't know what the um, how it actually got in. Apparently, there was a gap between a fence and a hedge or something like that, which seems pretty obvious to me. It shouldn't right. be a gap. That a child can get through. Anyway, that's as far as I'm willing to throw any blame around. Um, don't know if that was interesting or not. If it's boring, I'll take it out. What do you guys think? <laughs> I say leave it in because we don't have much else. That's not what I meant. Moving on to Woo Zealand. Uh, the first item, RNZ's morning report show giving the anti-vaxxers airtime. Apparently some anti vaxxers I did not see that. I might have seen it briefly, uh, peripherally it's a on old Facebook. Now, it's a uh, week or so old, but um, yeah. There's, so there's a measles outbreak happening in the, the Waikato at the moment, and um, oh dear, uh, it got to the stage where 
couple of schools were shot. Now, really hang fun. on, before you go into that. Does he know where the Waikato is? So you can ask? Well, well, no, I'm, I'm going to say, why do you call it the Waikato? Oh, sorry, because I'm ignorant. Well, because I'm, I don't know. Is it, the is region it, is called Waikato, isn't Waikato. it? Yes, from Waikato. Yes. Um, I was going to ask, what's RNZ? Is that a radio, oh, radio New, Zealand? New Zealand? Radio New Zealand, okay. Yes. But they've Good dropped the radio. So it used to be Radio NZ. So it's RNZ. And now it's now RNZ. Okay. Anyway, sorry to distract so you. So in, the, in Waikato, I've got to my little, little pet peeves as okay. to why people want to put the in front of a province name. Okay. Just because we don't know any better. But thank it's you. It's probably the way people hear it. So someone's done it. Well, yeah. It's I mean, obviously... You talk about the Wellington or the... You talk... It's common for people to say the Waikato. I bet you there's a good rapper, but they don't say the Auckland or the the Canterbury or the Wellington. Or well, do the, they mean the Waikato region? And they've just dropped region. It's well, really interesting, and maybe um, it's something to do a, with how you, it's how the word ends or something. Yeah, I was going to say there's a linguistic reason probably mm. why people want to do it with yeah. Waikato but don't want to do it with Wellington. Wellington. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, carry on. Sorry, that was a little aside. Thank you for educating me, a recent, <laughs> a recent citizen. Um, although, frankly, I you've been, been here, here long, long enough. enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the anti-vax has got on the yes. radio. Okay, so what happened was, uh, what the really early in the morning. So morning report does something like the six to nine a.m. slot, and so really early on, in the sort of around the sort of six to seven mark, they had. Somebody um, like the chief medical officer or something for for that region, for Waikato, <laughs> um, explain what was going on. Explain that uh, in order to try and stop the outbreak, to try and stop more people getting infected, because this is one of the most contagious uh, infectious diseases. It's about fifteen people can get infected from every single infected individual. So. Mm-hmm. They had shut some schools, and so what they were asking was uh, that people check their vaccination records, and if they weren't vaccinated, that they stay away, and that was staff and students alike. Specifically from schools. Yeah, yeah. basically. Well, and doctor surgeries, frankly. Yeah. Um, and then they also, um, you know, as an aside, it would be really great if you got vaccinated. But that was almost a, an aside. It was just, you know, sure. like, if you're not vaccinated, stay away. Hmm. And um, and then about an hour later, so in a in a sort of a much better slot, I'd say, more ah, like something like yeah, 7.40, yeah. Um, they had um, the, a representative from No Forced Vaccines, who it turned out was a herbalist, right. um, which I then found out that you can become a qualified herbalist by paying $500 mm-hmm. and um, agreeing to do t- two hours a week of online study without it doesn't require any textbooks you don't have to do an exam or anything anyway and two hours a week for about a year yeah but so the person was a is a herbalist uh and um obviously with his for the name doesn't believe in mandatory vaccination uh and so they were kind of incensed and started talking about mmr um being responsible for autism because they know some people who obviously weren't autistic until they'd had the MMR vaccine. Uh, and, the, and the woman did a really great job as well. So she was going on and on about vitamin vitamin C and various other things. You know, there was lots of things that you could do if you got the measles or, the, or if you wanted to prevent measles, you could take all these different vitamins and stuff. 
Um, when you say good job, you mean a good job a good of getting job of, her point across. She did, a, yeah, she did a really good job of. Uh, she was very eloquent, and one the thing that she was very good at was when she was talking about the nutrition thing. She uh, was encouraging people to go and see their doctor or their naturopath. Ah. So she did a great job of basically making naturopaths seem as Equal though they were to equivalent doctor, yeah. to doctors. Go and see um, your doctor or you're not a doctor. Yeah, uh, and go and discuss your requirement for them. Anyway, it was uh, we were all quite horrified, took to social media to yell our disdain. Um, and then there was obviously a very quick backlash and uh, about an hour later they then had somebody on from... Um, the Immunisation Advisory Centre, who Ooh. basically debunked everything. Oh, very nice. And, um, and yeah, but... Oh, so a good outcome, sort of. Well, yes, but why the hell were they yeah. putting somebody on in the first place? Um, and so Surely someone we... who works in the production office who doesn't really have any clues about anything and thought, oh, we're talking about vaccines, let's well, Google vaccines. So and... I was actually mm. at RNZ yesterday and... Oh, yeah. um, did you find out who and smack them? No, um, but I was actually doing a session with the Science Media Centre on on how to not present science badly and how not to get caught up in pseudoscience. Nice. So it was really interesting because they were they wanted to talk about the story because there were <laughs> lots of them who were quite incensed and they said it had, it had actually set up a really in, an interesting internal discussion oh, about cool. whether they should do this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so that was sort of really interesting to hear. And um, yeah, but you know... The fact that they, just the fact that they had them on at all was what was sort of yeah. really disgraceful. But then it turned out that they had an antifluoride person on quite recently too. So, right, um, be interesting to know. They like the controversy, that. obviously. Yeah, well, that's basically what. Yeah, but the really interesting listeners. thing is, it's not mm. it's not about the station. It's not about Radio New Zealand. It really is about each show mm. and yeah. um, and who the producers are and who's finding people and stuff. Yeah, you can't anyway. educate anybody, everybody. Best, mm. no matter how hard you try. Mm. Somebody who wasn't there at the meeting that you went to, you still won't know. Then they're going to get. Oh well, and I only did the. I mean, the, I only did the Auckland. I did people at the Auckland office, and most yeah. people in Radio New Zealand are based down in Wellington, or at least that's certainly the bigger office. Ah. Um, but that was interesting. But re- also really good to hear that that others who worked there had been incensed and were like, "Oh, oh no, yeah, we shouldn't do that's that." That's good. It is becoming more of a thing, I think. I think more people are aware that there are anti-vaxxers and that they are loony as opposed to... Well, but we so we ended up having a very interesting discussion about whether, you know, should they be given airtime and and how should it be reported, you know, because obviously they have a right to have their voices heard. And so sure. we sort of, we discussed this at length. And, and I mean, my point was, actually, I thought it was irresponsible because mm. what, the medical people in this case are trying to do is stop a measles outbreak that the message needs to get across that there's a measles outbreak so if you're unvaccinated stay away they weren't forcing anyone to get vaccine you know vaccinated this wasn't a mandatory vaccination call it was a if you're unvaccinated stay away so there actually was no reason to go and bring in some people who can start you know who, who then did nothing but talk bullshit yeah and that was what was distressing yeah but yeah, there there was a uh, so f- two points. Firstly, um, how do you determine your vaccination status? I mean, for me, uh, I can only go by what my parents have told me about mm. whether I'm vaccinated. And if you ask me, am I definitely vaccinated for a particular uh, illness? I would not be able to say with any certainty whether mm. that was the case. If you've been to 
the same doctor forever or if your doctor well, has requested I know or if your doctor <laughs> has requested your medical records from your previous doctor every time you switch right theoretically you should be able to go back through your medical records should you not and find out if you've actually been vaccinated yeah, yeah so, but you could also you can depending on the depending on what it is you can go and get have blood taken blood and test. look for antibodies yeah. right yes but that seems like a pretty extreme I was going to say, it'd be faster, to easier to go through your records. Yeah. And be nice that they're all online. For, for me, it would anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See them for yourself. Mm. Okay. So, so in TV3 did a follow-up about a week later on their story program where they actually came out and they were fairly positive about vaccines, mm-hmm. which was good to see. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So the other Woo Zealand article is Susie's Thing. <laughs> Susie wrote a thing and she was quite angry and it went on the <laughs> internet and lots of people shared it. It's been very successful. Yeah, so um so it's almost so there's a guy, Toby Manhire, who's a writer journalist here in New Zealand. Um mm-hmm. and he is writing for a site called The Spin Off TV, which is sort of like a media and culture type online magazine. Anyway, so he actually, when the Radio New Zealand thing happened and he saw me tweeting about it, he was like, would you like to respond? <laughs> so I wrote a piece for them. It was a fairly, he's like, you know, I want 600 words by in like two hours or something. So I wrote something fairly aggressive and put it up. Anyway, so... Say, you should have gotten Stephen to help you. He's good at writing <laughs> things. It was very short. Um, anyway, so he did, <laughs> he did the same thing. He was like, hey, have you seen this thing? Uh, which the thing turned out to be uh, Mike Hosking um, having a bit of a rant, um, as he does on Seven Sharp every night, um, about mm-hmm. the fact that a group of 120 um, scientists and academics um, in public health, pediatricians, etc., have written an open letter to the WHO um, basically asking for them to look into <laughs> look into whether the Olympics should be either delayed or moved because of the threat of Zika virus. Ah, right. So Brazil is still very much uh, in the midst of this Zika virus epidemic, I guess we can call it, and um, this is the virus that uh, there's growing evidence that it seems to be um, related to babies being born with smaller heads, and there also seem to be uh, certainly a correlation with people who, some people who get infected end up having complications, post-viral complications. Anyway, so these doctors and and academics have said, please, like, this the fact that millions of people are going to be moving, you know, going into Brazil, I presume it is millions of people going mm, into Brazil probably, yeah. for the Olympics, um, when they go, you know, they inevitably, some of them are going to get bitten by mosquitoes, they're going to be infected. So when they go back to their home countries, right. they're going to they're going to basically accelerate the spread of this yeah. disease. So they're asking, you know, to have a think about this. Seems and so, yeah, it seems very reasonable. Anyway, Mike Hosking's take on it is, thank God the scientists aren't running the world. Um, it's the world's largest sporting event. It's not a dinner party. You can't just move it. And okay. um, yeah, so I I was just like, yeah, I'm quite cross about that. Mm. <laughs> so I wrote a little piece that was a bit ranty about mm. him and his smug ignorance. Yep. 
Nice. Did you actually say smug? I did. Oh, fantastic. I did say smug. Has he responded? He's smug in his ignorance. Um, No. Uh, But anyway, um, it seems to have been struck a chord and it's being shared like filio on social (laughs) media at the moment. Nice. (laughs) Which has been quite fun. Good job. (laughs) Thank you. One wonders what sort of level of danger or risk there would have to be for uh, For somebody like Mike Hosking to think that it was actually worth... Uh, postponing <laughs> yeah. the Olympics. Well, the other cool thing was um, I went on a little thought experiment. So what would it be like if scientists ran the world? I mean, oh. I made it very clear that we didn't want to run the world. Um, I kind of feel like on one hand, you really want scientists to run the world. But on the other hand, you kind of don't really want them to run the world. <laughs> anyway, but I thought about what are the things, what are the evidence-based policies that I would like to see enacted in New Zealand? Mm-hmm. And so I sort of listed these. Um, so one of them would be, you know, fluoridated water. Yeah. Um, another one would be um, folic acid in the bread to prevent spina bifida, um, and which is done in lots of countries. Um, I mentioned, I was thinking about Mike Joy and, you know, having rivers full of fish and that we could swim in. Mm-hmm. Um, and What about enforced turning down the blue um, colour on your laptop in the evenings? <laughs> what? <laughs> See, um, this, this is why <laughs> episodes like the Simpsons episode where the scientists were put in charge and they were made to look like idiots, <laughs> it's because of comments like that. <laughs> Because right. let's make the time digital for no reason and let's change the traffic light colours and whatever the hell happened in that episode. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Anyway. So nothing about Auckland traffic, Susie, in your, no, well, in your site evidence-based policies? As a walker, as somebody who walks everywhere, I'm sort of oblivious to the traffic. Um, no, the other thing I, I was thinking of was Sean Hendy and his book, Get Off the Grass. So stopping our reliance on cows for our country's wealth and moving to you know, environmentally friendly kind of tech-heavy industries sort of thing. Okay. Um, anyway, so one of the hilarious things is I've had several emails today from people, sorts of people, but some of whom are horrified by my take on fluoridation and I really <laughs> should read all the studies and perhaps I'd consider talking, you know, or joining Fluoride Free New Zealand. <laughs> so this is someone who's read your article and still thinks you should join... Yeah. Fluoride free. Yeah, well, they like. Well, they like well only because only because Susie's advocating for science based policies, and so they want me and to read. Include one of those things was um, fluoride, fluoridation in the water supply, which they believe she is mistaken on. Yeah, right. So okay. they are hoping so to hasn't read the right me. research. I see. Yeah. yeah. So they okay. pointed me to a very very long list of things they'd like me to read. How many of those are you going to read? <laughs> it's very simple. The dose makes the poison. Indeed. Sure. Um, yeah, but it's been it's been fun. It's been okay. a busy day. Good job. Okay. Mm. Uh, the next item on the agenda is Delia's dubious device, oh. but you don't have a dubious device. I totally device. do. I emailed you I, something. I, I yeah, you something. I totally do. I actually have two devices, okay. um, one of which I talked about on the radio the other day, um, which I would still like to talk to you about. So okay. I'm, so I'm going to mention it because I'm sure I, I must have missed that episode. Here, I'm sure none of you listen to me on the radio. Um, to be fair, I kind of do download Graham's show as a podcast but i don't add it automatically to my list because you're not on every every week are you on every I week i am more or less on every week oh, okay. i'm away i'm actually gonna be away for the next few weeks but anyway um which is why we're recording on an evening that's not our usual day so for twenty four thousand six hundred us dollars you can buy yourself on amazon are you ready for this i'm going to read out its name go on 
The sweat evaporating sauna healthy earn nano iron a negative iron far infrared hypothermia fumigate pulse magnetic field purple clay underglazed pastel and yellow glazed lotus out of clear water. Oh jar. my god, really? God for fuck's sake. What the fuck? <laughs> it looks to me like. Um, this is perhaps... why you can order it online. Ring someone up and say, Can I have a. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so, depending on your, depending on your, your, I was going, you know, you, so you can use it for anion therapy, whatever that is. Um, it can anion is dissolve. the uh, negative one. Okay. Because um, cation is could do positive. something that promotes human body metabolism. Apparently. Yeah. Um, you got a link? Because I want to have a look. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can find it for you. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? This comes courtesy of psychop.org. Somebody from there found it. Hmm. Anyway, it is just pure bullshit. It's really very interesting. In your opinion. In my opinion. Um, it's pretty, though, ish. No, it's actually really ugly. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, what else can it do? Sorry, uh, what else can it do? Um, oh, it just, it just, there you go. It can cure everything. So you just pick your thing and, and it's a So what does it cost so much? I haven't, well, it's clearly very, very important. It cures everything, <laughs> Craig. Have you not everything. been listening? What would you pay? The fumigating For something that cured literally everything. Well, I don't have anything wrong with me, so probably oh not very much. Okay, let me read the fumigating therapy part. Okay. Guided by basic you theories this of link traditional in there Chinese medicine. Yeah. yeah, I want a link. Both of them okay. there. So, health in a jar. Oh, it's literally a jar. Yeah, it's a jar. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a jar. But it appears that you can do stuff with it. So, for mm. example, um, you can fumigate boiled aerial fog of Chinese medicine materials. Right. Um, which will have a direct effect on fumigated body parts by fumigating heating power. Oh, come on, this is a poem. Look at this description. <laughs> it's just random words strung together. Wow. Anyway, that's kind of funny. Um, the other one, if we put that one aside then, um, is uh, your suggestion for a meridian detector activation instrument, um, which... Was that my suggestion? Yeah, but my suggestion be... was a correct article. Oh, okay. No, the, the goodness knows where I got this one from. Then this, although it's currently unavailable. Mm. Oh man! Uh, well, you can't tell people about pen. it then. I'll get mad. A pen. It's an electronic device. Looks like a quite complicated electronic device, but it's easy to carry and easy to operate. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, will basically tell you where the meridians are. The yeah. meridians. My meridians, Your meridians. The, my meridians. Okay. Anybody's whoever you want to detect, whoever whoever okay. meridians will you want to detect. How does it, it will do convert? That? Apparently, biophysical factors beneficial to human body bioelectrically bioelectricity, which penetrate the human skin tissue. Uh-huh. I don't know. Anyway, it will. I don't know. So it's like. It's a pen, so like it draws itself on the meridians, uh, or so it's interesting. It looks like a pen at the bottom. Oh, yeah. sorry, I haven't sent yeah. you this link either. No, yeah. Well, no, it was, it, yeah, it was in last month of June. Okay, it? yeah, yeah, it's down the bottom. Okay. So it looks like uh, like the bottom of a pen, but then a very complicated device attached to the bottom of a pen. Now, does it draw your meridian onto you? Maybe I don't know. Can you draw a meridian onto you? 
Um, it's hard to yeah, it's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Uh, from what some I probes. Can, yeah, from what I can see, maybe that's you just touch that onto your skin. Oh, here skin. it goes. It's got a probe and a light, a power and a frequency adjust display, something that adjusts the sensitivity, and something that adjusts the intensity. Right. Is it the activation instrument acupuncture thing? Meridian detector, yeah, meridian activation, detector instrument. activation instrument. Electronic oh, yeah. acupuncture pen automatically find acupuncture. Kind of reminds me of like one of those things that diabetics use to get their um you know to stab their finger and get a blood sample and okay. It's a bit when, bigger than that. When though, the detector be. gets close to the meridian, it, the machine will beep. Ah, it's like a stud finder. Yeah, only for meridians. Right. <laughs> Is it's it's is basically it? a dowsing rod that probably works on sort of confirmation bias. Or some sort of um, galvanic response or pressure or something, yeah. the way you and hold it. And we've had one review which gave it five stars wow. and said it worked for me. Fair enough. Oh, well, that's all you need then. So is it actually literally a pen so you can like hold it over your skin uh, yeah, and then make that. a mark when it beeps and so you can Maybe. connect the dots and draw a line? Yeah. How would you know that it worked or not? Well, you just you go find someone whose meridians you know where they are. Oh, here we go. The body's meridian well, exactly. point is with low low resistance characteristics. Yeah. yeah. Use of this feature that? by sophisticated detection technology automatically finds the body points. According to TCM theory, okay, we can stop reading there. Yeah. <sighs> there you go. Anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. For a given how, value. I, we don't know how much it is because fantastic. it's currently unavailable. Oh, no. They obviously sold out. Yeah. Although only one person has reviewed it. All right. Well, thanks, Susie, I guess, for that. Come on. You know you love it, really. Yeah. I want to find out how much they quote for. Oh, here's another one. What's this one? It's only got four stars. Well, it turns out there's quite. Oh. That one looks quite different. This one's only Maybe thirteen dollars. Science technology create human health. Thirteen dollars. You sure it's a quackery it's device? Acupuncture pen. Okay. Looks quite quackery to me. All right. That's maybe, too. That's too cheap for. Maybe we could build an Arduino device that hooks up yeah. to science. Gym. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I've said many, many times, I think it, many people have, that the only thing really that stops me from being a millionaire is my, my Oh, this one's $318. Right. Because I could come up with some really good bullshit this and sell it to people. Different. I don't know, selling it to people. But I could <gasps> and it ships to Auckland. Yay. The world's best, apparently, that one. Is that the $13 one? Or is it no, this one? is the $318 one. That sounds more like it. Um, one more to have a look at. And then we'll have a range of prices. <laughs> Nowhere near the $24,000. Oh, this one. It's a completely different pens. machine, though, to be fair. This one isn't curing all diseases. Oh, this is just a pen. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a pen. Literally just a pen. Well done. $30! Okay. For a pen? <laughs> For a pen! Jesus Christ. Oh, it's the AccuPoint pen. Okay. <laughs> so it does actually... You stab yourself with it or something. It's just, no, AccuPoint is its name. Oh, Accu as in accuracy. Oh, here's another one. Yeah. Gosh, this one looks really impressive, but this one's only twenty nine, twenty nine, twenty two dollars. Oh, we can't have it though. Got oh. some good buttons on it. You could um, sign up for U Shop and get, send it that way. Mm. Anyway, shall we there move on yep. to the end of the episode? We're going to do, do the word of the day, which is don't do that. Hang on, don't look. 
<laughs> if you just put okay. the Did you guys see that? No, I haven't oh, looked, good. But... Okay. <clears throat> I have posted right. the word of the day. It is brontophobia. Oh, that sounds something to do with dinosaurs. Mm. Being scared of brontosauruses? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the question I you have to I ask yourself have... is, okay, is so the brontosaurus a real dinosaur or not? <laughs> I think its current status says that it is. Yes. So Craig says, fear, what did you say? Fear of the brontosaurus. Well, I doubt very much that this is a real phobia because... How could anybody actually have this phobia, considering that humans and dinosaurs do not coexist? Maybe you could be afraid of the pictures. I don't know. <laughs> is that what your is that what your answer is? I have a feeling it'll be wrong. Okay. <laughs> I don't think what else Bronto would be though. Why is it? Why is a Brontosaurus a Brontosaurus? What's a Bronto bit mean? Um, You're not asking me, obviously, because I no, no, I'm idea. speculating. Good. Okay. I'm speculating loudly. Um, to hide the fact. Well, that do we I'm get a half a point if we get it um, right in the fact that it's a phobia? No. <laughs> we identified half the word. No. Uh, no, I'm stuck. Well, apart from the obvious, it's, it's a, it's oh, a fear of fear of dinosaurs. I have a feeling it's not going to be obvious. So you're saying fear of dinosaurs? I'm going to say it's a fear of rocks. Rocks. So this is rocks. Well, I'll go Brown and say rocks. fear of fossils then. All right, you're changing your Jesus. Okay, what is it? Fossils. Fear of thunder and lightning. No way! Oh, oh that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay. My dog has that. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Poor little darling. Yeah. So point for me finally. When earth does that come from? Why? Why? Now that is a good question, and actually this is one of those things I keep meaning to look up in advance so I know the uh, the root words and everything. It's uh, it's not thunder lizard because that's dinosaur. Um, Bronte thunder and saurus. I would have known it better as a strapophobia. Ah, oh gee. Yeah. Okay. But that would have been obvious because. It's not sneaky. Anyway, so there you go. Latin. Um, well, I mean, how 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 scared of it do you have to be for it to be a phobia? <laughs> well, the idea of a phobia is it has to be debilitating in some way. Yes. An abnormal and persistent fear of thunder that causes undue anxiety. Undue anxiety. Sufferers realise that thunder itself possesses no threat to them. And irrational has to be an irrational fear mm. for it to be a phobia. Well, it's interesting that it's actually thunder because, by definition, really, thunder can't hurt you. Yeah, or as lightning could. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's that word. That was the word of the day. We are up to the quote of the day, Craig. Yes. Damn you, Susie. <laughs> you told me I who's, had to find a quote said from that? a woman. <laughs> and although, yes. Although, we gave you a huge list of people know, at the top. I, it's so I put hard stuff. to find really? actual stuff that they have said that's quotable. Anyway, I found a quote from Rebecca Watson. She said, let's drop the whole atheist evangelism thing and call out bullshit questions like, what does atheism have to offer for just what they are? Bullshit. I mean, what does knowing that the earth goes around the sun have to offer? Who cares? It just is. Rebecca Watson. Rebecca Watson. Yes. To be fair, there are benefits to knowing that the Earth goes around the Sun. I'm sure if you asked an astronomer really? that that what? would be very helpful. Well, being able to plot the courses of the planets and 
predict where you're flipping. But for the average person, does it really matter whether the Earth goes around the sun or whether the sun goes around the Earth? No, it sure doesn't. Okay, no, it's fine. That's a quote. Good job, I suppose. And that's it. You've been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. If you'd like to send us feedback or email, check out our Facebook page or the contact us form on our website, thecusp.org.nz. Let's move on to Woo Zealand. Uh, first item, RNZ's morning, which I can't read because... Report show. Ah, Craig's thing keeps popping up. <laughs> RNZ's morning report really? show. 